Welcome to the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. If you haven't joined us before, we're passionate about all things internal medicine and helping you become the best tech you can be. We'll be discussing interesting internal medicine diseases, how to work closely with pet parents, and how to become the go-to tech in your practice. Now, let's start the show. <laughs> yeah, you didn't even have like extra shots of like coffee that morning. So who knows? no, I was running on like half a cup and uh, today's, oh, I'm, I feel a little bit more chill today, but I have a lot going on today. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Jesus Christ, lady. Oh, I know I'm trying to get a new room, but like, you know how that works. So where they're like, we're going to be adulting. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but we're going to be there between a four hour window. And I was like, okay, cool. I can knock out some stuff. And then I get a phone call like, oh, we're going to be there at this time, like between this time and this time now, like narrowing it down, which I appreciate. But like, naturally that's when I had stuff planned. Cause I was like, well, we'll be done by then. <laughs> You're like, and oh, like wah, wah, wah. if he comes at the end of the window that he gave me today, then I'm going to really be pushing it, trying to get to the bus stop. But they're like, you don't need to be there. But I'm like, mm, I want to be there. Like, yeah, I mean, if you, if you leave for like a couple minutes, it'd probably be fine. Yeah. But, I'm not overly yeah. worried about that. And thankfully, like we don't have gymnastics today and stuff. And, but it's just like, keep trying to keep my dogs inside all day. And now that I got the window, I'm just like, well, mm. okay, well now I got to keep my animals inside. So I'm just, it's thrown a wrench in things, but I knew it would. And it, it's, so it's like, I shouldn't have like, <laughs> you're like, well, yeah. That's what I thought would happen. Great. (laughs) You know, I think like my husband and I, like, mind you, like we're in a different world and I'm definitely not saying anything about how like women or men should have specific roles. But like, when you think of like a typical role that a woman has (laughs) a house and a man has a house, like Matt and I have opposite roles. Like he does the cooking and the cleaning and I do this whole like home maintenance, like I'm getting a roofer out. That was so funny because (laughs) Kevin and I are the exact same way. I'm like, oh, cooking and cleaning. I was like, oh, but you need me to install a ceiling fan? Gotcha. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) You need me to put flooring down in the house? Cool. Like it's just... <laughs> yeah. You get yeah, it. Kevin, Kevin, Kevin laughs and I'm like, I don't mind. I was like, do you mind doing the cooking and like dishes? And he's like, no. I'm like, all right, well then don't feel guilty. Don't get me wrong. Like I still take care of the kids and stuff like most because Matt works uh more than I do. And like also, like, I'm just, I don't know if anybody's guessed this by now, like listening to the podcast for two years, but I'm a bit of a control freak. So like when it comes to the kids, I'm like, no, I'll do it. Like, we, oh my God. It was Saturday. So, so it was the day before Mother's Day last weekend. It was Saturday and uh, Matt was doing things and we were trying to record a podcast. And I was like, I got to go get the kids and stuff like that. And so like, we got to hurry up and finish. And he was like, no, I'll go get them. And I was like, what? Like, He's like, no, I'll cook it, Bailey. Like, you don't have to. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what to do. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, "Uh oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, that's fine. He's like, I haven't seen her do gymnastics in a while. I'll go get her. And I was like, okay. But then like, I was texting him and I was like, are you there yet? Are you there yet? Like, I got to make sure. And then Bailey texted me. He's, she was like, cause I texted her and I was like, Hey, daddy's coming to get you um just so you know and she's like oh when's he gonna be here and it was already after like she ends at one and it was like 103 and I was like 
what do you mean? When is he going to be there? He said that he was there. And like, so I called him and I was like, are you there yet? Like, you know, Bailey's going to freak out. And he's like, yeah, I've been here. She's just walked right by me and didn't even notice. I was like, okay. <laughs> nice. Good job, yeah. Bailey. Jesus. I know. So I'm just like, I got to let go a little bit because like he wanted to do it. And I just like, I was like anxiety about it. Like, I was like, nice. you can do it. Like, uh, on a different note, I guess I'll, I'll leave this part in the podcast. So on a different note, remember how I was trying to hatch eggs just to see if I could? Did I tell yes. you this? No, maybe. maybe did I, you? I don't know. Anyway, three weeks ago, I tried to <laughs> incubate some eggs to see if I could hatch them. And one hatched. Wow. Yesterday? Yesterday. It's not, I think it may have hatched a little too early. Like the two other eggs are still like, I can't tell if they're going to hatch or not. Like, I don't. Mm. Um, and so this one's like, everything I'm reading is telling me that this chick should be like a normal chick walking around eating and drinking by now. Mm. And it's been 24. Well, it's been probably 28 hours since it's hatched. And it's like, I'm worried about it. Like, so like it's kind of a failure to thrive. It's a, it's a failure to thrive. Like it's gradually getting better. I can see that. Like it is holding its head up more. I'm hoping it's a girl. So we're just going to call her she. And we named her Penguin because she's got little white tips to her wings and she's got a white belly. Uh, And so she's getting better. She's just not where I think she's supposed to be right now. Mm, And so I'm worried that like, I'm going to get my hopes up that she's doing better and then she's going to die. But like, I'm giving her electrolytes. I gave her a little bit of egg yolk to like perk her up a little bit. Um, but she's like eating and drinking is not <laughs> happening for a her. Priority. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, she's still trying to figure out hold her, how to hold her head up versus like right now she should be walking, eating and drinking. Mm, and so, just, yeah, I'm a little concerned, but otherwise like she's checking out fine. She's just like for, I mean, I get that. Like, I don't like know. Like she's a preemie. Yeah. She seems like a preemie. Like she's very thin just skin and bones and like her skin's like really thin and like it's just Aww. I don't know I, I hope penguin makes it hopes for penguin hashtag hopes for penguin, <laughs> hopes for penguin. <laughs> <laughs> oh god it's <that's> amazing <laughs> <laughs> so if penguin makes it I'll post a picture um I'm also <laughs> hoping that penguin is a girl because I don't want another rooster Ugh, yeah. And I have a very strained relationship. Roosters? I'm not a fan of roosters. He's a word that I probably shouldn't say on a recording. Um, (laughs) He kicks, he tries to kick me every morning. Right now I go in there with this plastic bat and like use it to like push him away from me when he starts coming at me. Mm. And I told Matt the other day, I was like, he's not careful. One of these days I'm going to accidentally swing instead of just using it to nudge him away and yeah. like I just, they're so they can be so aggressive it's crazy he's very aggressive he doesn't do it to matt but he'll like he's given me scratches and bruises on my legs like he kicks me so hard dang dude yeah i'm just like you little thing because like i feed you and i water you and like <laughs> get your doing i'm your like i have me. cats <laughs> <laughs> It's definitely been a learning experience creating this new farm of mine. Oh God. So, so crazy. So crazy. I'm trying to talk Matt into letting me get one of my goats pregnant. And he's like, no. And I was like, please, is what I want. 
Oh my god. So random on on my side of the the spectrum because I don't have a farm. I have just cats. I have old ass cats. Well, I have an old ass cat. Um so Nicodemus, he's 19 and a half, which is crazy to me. Um, I took him this week for an acupuncture appointment because we got a new um, doctor who does acupuncture and she just needed some staff animals to like get used to the system with and stuff. And so he had his first um, acupuncture this week and I think he actually enjoyed it, which was weird. I was like, all right. So I'm going to see if it helps him with his mobility and because I've seen animals like get acupuncture and do great with it. Yeah. Um, And she's like, yeah, you know, we know usually within the first four treatments, if they're going to respond or if if they're not, she's like, some don't. Um, She's like, but you'll know within the first four treatments, if it, if it works. And I'm like, dude, if it makes him feel better and better quality of life for him. Yeah. All right, cool. I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I'm in. Like, it's not gonna hurt him. Whatever. (laughs) So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it does. But um, I don't know. I noticed a little bit of like a change with him this week. Like he was like eating a little better, and my husband he was like, "Oh, it seems like he's moving a little better." And I was like, "All right, cool. (laughs) If it works, it works." She also did a lot of like massage stuff too, which kind of made me think of our episode when we talked with um, Sandy about rehab. Yeah. Um, And so she was, she was talking about like his shoulders and his neck were really tense. And so she like, she's like, I adjusted him and did like some massage and we'll do the needles. And I was like, all right, cool. And he just seemed like he was definitely enjoying it, which was cool. That's good. Yeah. So we'll see. So you can update on Penguin and I'll update on Nicodemus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Zara fell out of the bed the other day. Um, the other oh, night. Oh no. Um, like when we were sleeping and like, you know how big Zara is. She likes 60 pounds, just fell <laughs> away. <laughs> yeah. And so then the following day we were out in the front yard and we let her and Finn out and they were playing and running and like going crazy, having a good time for dude, at least two hours, just going. <laughs> and so- nice we get back in and like we start winding down for the night and I notice she starts limping and my instant thought was like torn ACL or osteoporosis (laughs) (laughs) you're like oh god (laughs) feverish don't tell anybody Zara but like oh everybody knows (laughs) I know I know and I'm her favorite too everybody knows that too so it's like (laughs) I was worried she's fine now obviously like she's she's a little overweight and Matt was like we got to get some weight off of her like we're hurting her and I was like she's hurting herself but like <laughs> <laughs> yeah blame it on her she sneaks and gets the little dog's food if we're not looking mm, it's tastier it's the same exact food no oh, it's tastier <laughs> just in a different bowl <laughs> like, tastier in the different bowl it's like the <laughs> It's like the wine glasses and the beer yeah. glasses. She's like, the aroma is more enticing in the smaller bowl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She likes it. She's like, well, they didn't finish it. So I got to finish it. Right? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. That's so funny. Dude. We're like a month away from ACBIM. I know. I was thinking about that. Cause I gotta, ah. um, I gotta make my like family preparations for that. I <laughs> right? <laughs> made not take vacation that week. And, um, 
so he can get the kids and stuff like that to him from gymnastics and uh, they won't have school then. And then I was trying to plan to take the kids up to Ohio to visit my brother and sister-in-law and my, their cousins. Um, and I was like, well, we can't do June because Bailey goes to camp like the week of the 6th. And then we go to ACVM the week of the 20th. And like, I'm not making a trip in between that to go to Ohio. <laughs> like, No, God, that sounds like crazy talk. <laughs> oh my God. I would be, I would be dead just from like so much travel. Like I just, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know. I'm so excited. I'm excited for ACVM because we get to see so many people. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely, if you guys are going to ACVM, let us know so we can say hi and hang out. Um, I know there's a bunch of members of the academy that we're gonna see because there's the dinner and the general membership meeting and everything. Um, yeah, pinning ceremony. Yep. Um, we'll have our Q and A sorry the academy will have the q a it's i have to switch modes i'm i'm talking about the academy at the moment um the academy is going to have their q a i can't remember which morning it is but if you know if you guys are thinking about getting your vts um it's i love the q a um because they really go through you know what's what's required to get your vts in 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 our internal medicine academy and then you can ask questions from like the people that know, <laughs> which mm -hmm. is great. And so you get like tips and tricks and, um, you know, to make sure that your submission is good. But I'm, I'm, I always, I love ACVM, like the, the technician case reports and just seeing all the amazing technicians that speak. It's like, it's so much fun. So much yeah. fun. It'll be, it'll be a good time, especially because yeah. you and I will get to be together. And <laughs> I know. I know. And I get to see you lecture, which will be really cool. I'll be like your cheering squad. Thanks. I don't know. Do you get to see me lecture or are you already gone? Yeah, I got to leave. Ugh, I'm stupid sorry. Flight. Stupid flight. Well, that and like being gone for longer than four days away from my family has, is difficult. <laughs> like, <laughs> you need to like hire like a Jordan replacement for the week. I know. Cause like, I, it's one of those things where it's like, I, my husband does a lot. I get through these periods where like, I don't feel like I do as much, but then like when preparing to leave, I feel really bad leaving. Like I realized then all the things that I actually do do. Oh, and then like leaving all yeah. that on top of him is like, shoot, I'm really sorry. Like, I don't like our house is like our family between the animals and the kids and stuff is massive. And it's just like, it's a lot to take on. So like him taking vacation, yeah like taking vacation he's constantly doing stuff <laughs> <laughs> he's like oh god i need the other person in this like <laughs> company back <laughs> he he tolerates it really well i think part of the reason why i like for me to leave for like longer than four or five days is just because like i know it's a lot and like i don't i just yeah. feel bad putting that on him but he's like he's always a trooper and he's like it's fine go have fun <laughs> and i'm just like <laughs> so anyway well we should probably talk about what we're going to talk about. Yes, we need to. Um, and then just a reminder too, um, we are, I think for the race approval for the second section of podcast episodes is almost done. Mm -hmm. They threw us a wrench this year. So <laughs> uh, we're, we're almost completed with that. So we'll get the, the, the membership site all updated. Um, so you guys can get your CE for the, for the second part of the podcasts. 
Um, so this will this I think this may be one of the last ones in that chunk. Yeah, I think you're right. I have to, I have to double check. Um, so, yep, all over again. Woo! At least we know what we're getting into this next time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so this week um, we are talking about feline chronic gingivostomatitis. Um, we, you know, I just think of it as stomatitis, but it's it's actually more technically. Um, chronic gingivostomatitis, which is FCGS is how they abbreviate it kind of everywhere, which is crazy. And, you know, internal medicine, we don't deal a ton with stomatitis. I think this is more, I definitely saw it more when I was in general practice. Mm -hmm. Um, And then if you work in a dental, like a dentistry specialty, you're definitely seeing this. Yeah, uh, because this is all mouth. (laughs) Um, I think sometimes like we'll see it just as like a workup for, or a rule out for everything else. Cause you know, you're ruling out a bunch of stuff to get this, um, diagnosis. So anyways, yeah, that's what we're talking about this week. So interestingly, I'm just going to call it stomatitis, but it is chronic gingivostomatitis. So don't get mad at me if I just call it stomatitis for the sake of this episode, because I don't want to say feline chronic gingivostomatitis all the time. (laughs) So it it is, it is believed to be an immune response to chronic stimulation. It's one of those things where unfortunately we still don't 100% know exactly what causes it. There's there are, there are diseases that kind of predispose you or predispose cats to getting this. Um, but they, you know, the studies that they've done, it doesn't like a hundred percent say it's this or a hundred percent say it's that. So it's, it's kind of, it's kind of weird because I don't know. I think it's like any other autoimmune thing. You have to figure out what is causing the immune system to be upset (laughs) and it's different for kind of everybody. So it's not one specific thing. So the way that this kind of shows up is in mouths, we'll see like this really ulcerative and really inflamed tissues. Mm -hmm. And it tends to be on the sides of the tongue and the back of the mouth and along kind of the gums and the palate. So that's kind of where we see it. Cornell University has a really good uh, uh, article about it. And basically they say this. So what they see is chronic, severe inflammation of the gingiva and the mucosa. And the problem is a lot of clients don't, don't catch it early. So, um, there is some thought process that if we can catch it earlier, it may not become so bad that it needs the treatment that it needs. (laughs) I'll talk about that in a minute. And it's not a super common disorder, but you know, we definitely, I've definitely seen cats with it. So yeah, um, for sure. I think it's one of those things though, too, because it can go missed until symptoms arise. Like, yeah, like mind you, it's hard because cats don't typically come into the vet clinic unless they're sick. Right. So doing those routine exams and doing a good oral exam at the time of the routine exam. Yeah cats they don't typically like their mouth messed with to like do a good oral exam 
No. So it's really and I mean, I have cats and I try to look in their mouth and it's almost impossible. Yeah. Like, so a regular client is not going to be like, I opened my cat's mouth and I saw, like, they probably have no clue what, what it looks like in the back of that cat's mouth. Yeah. <laughs> like, Versus no. my dogs don't care. And like, they right? also will sit there and just pant and I can be like, oh, looks pretty good. Right? <laughs> Lift up their lips and they're like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> and then they sniff my face. They're like, what are you doing? <laughs> What's my like, oh, do you have food? Yeah. <laughs> Whereas yeah, my yeah. cats are like, get off of me. And they're, they're like backing away. And they're I'm like, you have you no dental problems. Get over here. <laughs> so there is um, some thought that viral diseases can predispose them. So FIV, FELV. So those are, those are things that we definitely want to make sure that these cats, we test them for it. And so, you know, we're testing for FALV, testing for FIV, which, I mean, we should be doing that anyways for all of our patients. Well, not all of our patients, obviously all of our cat patients. Mm-hmm. And then just making sure that we, we look at the mouth um, because there is some thought that it could be that it's an abnormal response to plaque and plaque, if you remember from school, cause I had to kind of remember this is um, a lot of bacteria. Um, so that's, that's kind of an interesting thought process is there's some note I've got some notes about some studies that it talks about the, the biome in your mouth or in the cat's mouth, not your mouth and how it's like the ratio of good bacteria to bad bacteria is off. So there is some thought that it could be partially from that too, which is, it's, it's really interesting. I don't know. I'm a dork. Again, we research things and we get excited about it. Without research, I'm like, stomatitis. <laughs> Some of the studies so that they've looked at, right? So they've looked at FELV and FIV, also Khaleesi virus. Um, mm-hmm. It was interesting. There was a study that showed that um, of the cats that have stomatitis, about 60% of them had Khaleesi virus which I thought was interesting Yeah, compared to the control cats, um, which didn't have stomatitis was about 24%, which that also is mind blowing to me. I'm like, those are such high numbers. I mean, that's a quarter of the cats <laughs> tested that don't know. have stomatitis that have Khaleesi virus. That's what I mean. Like cats don't go to the vet for routine care. They just don't. Yeah. <laughs> they don't unfortunately and if they do it's like they get their kitten series and then they never see a vet again until it's a problem yeah so it's like i'm not surprised that even though we vaccinate for khaleesi virus that cats still have khaleesi virus like it's just yeah well and it's it's crazy because i don't honestly i don't think of khaleesi virus super frequently in general um which is kind of crazy because i work in internal medicine i don't know why i don't think about it (laughs) But I remember when I was working in general practice, there was this crazy Khaleesi outbreak and it was super like this super aggressive Khaleesi, kind of like, you know, how Parvo sometimes it's like this season you're like, oh, everybody has Parvo, but nobody died versus like, yeah, yeah, versus like the one where it's like everything dies. So you're like, oh, this year was a bad Parvo year. It was, it was kind of like that. And we had we actually had this crazy outbreak in our hospital 
and it was, and we think it kind of started from boarding and then it spread like wild. It, like it was so bad. Yeah. And, um, we had a bunch of cats actually die from it, including <laughs> like one of our hospital cats. Like oh, it was really no. sad. We were like, Oh God. Yeah. It was, it was like, it was such a traumatic like event for everyone. <laughs> but yeah, like other than that, like, I don't remember testing cats positive for Khaleesi. So the fact that they're talking about like 24% of like these control cats. And again, I don't know how many cats they have for their control, but that's a high percentage, like a yeah. quarter of cats. I'm just like, it's crazy. So anyways, Khaleesi virus. Um, some to of the other Khaleesi virus. Oh, we should totally do Khaleesi virus episode. Interesting. Put it on the list. Put it on the list. Ah, jinx. jinx. <laughs> Double jinx. Okay, stop. <laughs> oh God. Move on. Um, <laughs> we're moving on. So some of the non-infectious kind of things that can predispose them is just dental disease in general. So again, if we're talking about it being an overact overreactive response to plaque, makes sense that you have to have dental disease to have plaque. Um, environmental stress. Um, and I think this is like environmental stress is probably like all cats. Like if yeah. you have environmental stress, you're going to have some sort of disease probably because like with us, right. When we're more stressed out, like our cortisol levels rise and our immune system goes down. So it makes sense. And then hypersensitivity to things. So allergy kind of things. So. Um, bit of information. Very interesting. Yeah, I do like, yes, <laughs> I, I was like, I don't know as much about stomatitis as I thought I did, but like, right. That's how I feel. Cause I was like, oh, let me just start at the beginning. And I was like, oh my God, what do I not know about this disease? Clearly we don't so, know. <laughs> apparently. Right. I know it's an immune process and I know <laughs> what it can lead to. <laughs> and then, like, right. Exactly. Like, well, I, I guess not because I, I didn't the know the treatment plan. Yeah. So this is interesting. So there was a study that showed, um, that cats with stomatitis were also more susceptible to esophagitis, which is kind of crazy. So of the cats that had stomatitis that actually got a scope, so endoscopic evaluation, they saw 98% of them, which is mind blowing also had esophagitis, um, which is crazy. And these cats did not show GI signs. So they didn't, they didn't show like regurgitation. They didn't show like the hard swallows, like none of the stuff that we think of with esophagitis, which is also crazy. (laughs) Um, and then once these cats were treated, they did another endoscopic evaluation and their esophagus is actually started healing. So how they correlate it with the stomatitis, I guess. Yes. Which I mean, honestly, kind of makes sense. Like if you've got all that inflammation and whatever is in there, like I can understand it affecting your esophagus, but yeah, it's one of those things. Like we have to think about that. Like it may not just be in the mouth. It can actually be in their esophagus too. So, yeah. So interesting. I mean, I, I, yeah, it's just, super crazy and interesting to me. So, yeah. So when we're getting histories from our clients, um, some of the things that we can look at and the Cornell, again, Cornell's Cornell's like 
page about stomatitis is awesome, but I put it in the references for sure. So some of the things that kind of the clinical signs that we see with stomatitis is extreme oral pain. And again, cats are so good about hiding pain that there could be, that could be why these cats are actually going into clinics. Not that the owners understand that it's pain, but these are the ones that are, you know, maybe not eating as much and they're losing yeah. weight because yeah. they don't want to, you know, it's a, it's a quality of life thing. If you guys have ever had a painful mouth <laughs> for whatever reason, you get it. Um, they could have swollen, ulcerated, bleeding gums. They could, it, they could have a lack of appetite. So they could start associating eating with being painful, or you have those cats that they're really, they, they act hungry because they are, it's not a GI problem. It's a mouth problem. So they, they are eager to eat. They maybe go up to the food, but then they don't eat because their mouth hurts. Yeah. Um, or they drop food from their mouth or they're excessively drooling. Yeah. Yeah. Mouth. Or, you know, they start eating and then they like walk away despite, you know, they seem like they're hungry. So that's, that's one of those things, right? So we have weight loss. You could have excessive salivation because maybe they don't want to swallow because their mouth hurts. You can have blood in their saliva, bad breath. Um, you know, cats shouldn't have muck mouth. <laughs> so <laughs> If you got a muck mouth, you might need to look at it. They could be pawing at their mouth because it hurts. And so they could be pawing at it. Um, and so it's just, it really, you know, it depends on the cat, how much they're affected, what stage of dental disease they're at. So it's, 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 I don't know, it's just really interesting. And I think people again are, are bad about noticing things on cats. So we'll talk about that. I do wonder if like cats paw at their mouths and pet parents just assume that they're just grooming. Like grooming? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And it's not until like cats stop eating or like there's an odor coming from the mouth or cats start drooling that pet parents are like, oh. I wonder, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess it would probably, it's probably one of those things like excessive grooming, you know, like yeah. at what point does it go from grooming to excessive grooming? Cause I'm painful. Yeah. Cause like my cats will like clean their face, but it's not, I don't know. I don't I even know if they do it daily. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah, I guess it's one of those things though too. Like, are they grooming their whole face or are they just grooming their mouths? Oh yeah. You Interesting. Know? But I don't See, have cats to be like, they need to do studies about this kind of thing because they did a did did I tell you about the torty torty study no oh my gosh so I found I found this uh my actually it's funny because my dad found it and he was like oh my god and I was like okay so there was a study done recently like in the last couple of years on tortoiseshell cats and calico cats that showed that they were, they had more attitude and were grumpier than other cats. And yeah. I was like, you had to do a study to do this. So somebody did a study and got paid money to do a study to tell us the calicos and torties were biznatches. <laughs> and I was like, you could have just asked Vectex. We would have known. We could have said this. Same. I'm sure so it we, probably was like a veterinary professional who's like, no, seriously, like, is this the thing or is it just like, oh, I'm sure, I'm sure it was a legit study, but somebody got paid to do that. 
Yeah, for sure. For sure. So I'm like, I want to do a study that watches cats grooming. <laughs> so if anybody wants to pay us to do this study, <laughs> we'll just watch cats grooming and figure out, is it regular grooming or is it excessive grooming? Well, then you got to throw in a separate study because like, I don't know, because cats over groom for different reasons, even though like, are they itchy? Are they painful? Yeah. 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 Are they just stressed? <laughs> like, right. That's a weird. <sighs> and it's like, you know, that weird. Be, like if you think about it though, cats do have a lot of outward signs. They are very stoic, but when you sit here and think about like these minute signs that people obviously probably miss and it's not oh, until, yeah it's not until a cat loses all of its hair on its belly before someone's like I think they're over grooming and it's like or they're like oh it's always been like that and you're like no yeah mm-hmm. so it's, it's usually when they start like healing and they're like oh and you're like yeah that's normal it wasn't normal before yeah that's our interesting so yeah yes so some risk behaviors um or risk factors for cats potentially getting this they include free roaming behavior and i think the reason they put that on the list is because these cats are more likely to get infections Mm -hmm. like i don't i don't think just like being outside is giving them stomatitis but i think it's all the other stuff associated with that um multi-cat environments like sheltered uh, shelters shared household or catteries and the reason for that is just the stress that can be associated with that and then reinfections from cats that are shedding viruses and bacteria and all sorts of stuff fun stuff chronic infections whether that's viral or bacterial or fungal which is kind of crazy because i'll talk about that in a minute periodonta uh periodontitis so obviously if we have inflammation that can be one of the things change in g in, in bacterial gi uh not gi i keep wanting to say gi bacterial biome in their mouth mm-hmm. um could be an issue so decrease in healthy flora in the in the mouth and then there was this interesting study. Again, I, I found a bunch of studies, which was really cool because that's the most recent stuff, right? So there was a study that actually found a really high number of fungal species um, in the biome of stomatitis cats. And so they, they speculated whether the ratio of fungal to bacteria like that balance and interaction. So it's, again, I think of homeostasis, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's an off balance. And so they're, they're wondering if the fungus and some of these other things could also be playing a role in it, or, you know, is it, we have disease and the fungus is just like an opportunity, which is hard. It's like, well, which one came first? So, um, differential diagnosis. So, you know, when we're talking about stomatitis, anything in the mouth, like obviously dental disease is a big one. Um, neoplasia, we want to make sure that we don't have cancer. So we're biopsying these. Any GI that, disease, because yeah. if they're having problems eating, we're going to obviously want to rule out any sort of GI or endocrine disease. Yep. Um, <laughs> I would say like the full workup. <laughs> the typical full 
<laughs> I know. I feel like we get very redundant on our differential list and di diagnostic lists just because, like, it's like it's everything so similar. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing too is like, um, ideally we would biopsy these these cats to make sure that it's stomatitis, and usually this is when we're doing the medical treatment or excuse me, surgical treatment, because there's, there's two routes to go. There's medical versus surgical. Mm -hmm. um, so getting that biopsy, just to make sure, again, we don't have any kind of neoplasia involved. Um, so that's, that's one of the, the big things about when we do the procedure we need to look at. And one of the things that they looked at is um, in these biopsies, they show an incorrect ratio of T lymphocytes and B lymphocytes. Um, yeah, it's kind of cool. And like they have in, in people, when they see those, those kinds of ratios, they, that has been associated with immunodeficiency um, diseases, autoimmune and neoplasia. So that just kind of helps that kind of helps solidify the idea that these stomatitis patients are having inappropriate <laughs> immune responses. So it's like yeah. really everything points to immune response, but again, we don't have that underlying. Yeah. And I think this is kind of, this is where most of us know it's like the treatment plan, right? <laughs> so we have, you kind of have your two routes of treating. So there's the medical route versus the surgical route. The problem is the medical route doesn't have as favorable um, an outcome for long-term success compared to mm -hmm. surgical. So success with surgical. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you know, it, it just, and that's hard to talk to owners about because the owners freak out when we talk about surgical and we'll talk about that in a second, but the big thing with whichever way we go with, with these guys is pain control. So for the, for stomatitis cats, you need to do pain control. Their mouths are painful. Depend, like, dude, some of these pictures, look up some of these pictures, like they can get really bad. Mm -hmm. um, they can get to the point where they can't even like, like move their tongue and like get it back in their mouth. Like it's so bad. Also really like, yeah. So definitely using like opioids with gabapentin is recommended for these kids until everything is calmed down. And this is a great time to talk about the Glasgow pain scores. We've talked about it already a couple of times, but uh, definitely, you know, talk to owners about how to use the Glasgow pain score, the app that they have. Um, if you don't already know about it, go check it out. There's an amazing app. The owners can download that app and actually monitor the pain score for their cats at home. Um, and it can really help them to understand like how their cats are doing. I, I kind of use it on my cat every once in a while. Just be like, what is your body language telling me? <laughs> Cause yeah. you know, I can't ask them be like, are you painful? Huh? Um, so definitely pain control for medical or surgical treatments. When we talk about kind of our current gold standard, um, of treatment, it's going to be surgical. So this is either going to be partial or full mouth extractions. When they talk about partial extractions, that's all the premolars and the molars. They tend to leave the canines in the incisors, um, but definitely all premolars and molars or full mouth extractions, um, which is obviously everything. 
with either partial or full mouth extractions, they show about a 70 to 80% improvement or full resolvement of stomatitis in these patients. Um, about a third of them show either little or no improvement. So most of them are going to respond. Um, but we do have to warn owners that if this is, if this is our recommendation, then there is the potential that we're not going to completely go into remission. Mm-hmm. And you have a higher rate of remission though, with, uh, post-op also doing medical management too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so like, it's kind of like that multimodal approach too. like, it's best to do both. Yeah. If you do partial extractions, the recommendation is to kind of keep an eye on them for the first one to four months. If you don't see improvement in those first four months, then they do recommend full mouth extractions. So, you know, it's, it's kind of up to, it's, it's up to the owners and also obviously up to like how the patient is doing under anesthesia. You know, if, if you're going to do full mouth extractions, it's probably, or partial extraction, excuse me. It's best to start with the molars and premolars, because if you need to like recover that patient, because they're not doing as well, you know, leave the canines and the pre and the incisors, if you have to, you know, so when you're doing these procedures, start with the premolars and molars in case you need to kind of abort the plan of full mouth extractions and just go to partial because sometimes that happens. Yeah. Which is a bummer, which is even a bigger bummer if you have to go back in and still do it again. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, honestly, like that's a lot of extractions. So, you know, it could be that we just need to, we need to break it up. And, and again, like having that conversation with clients too, and just let them know, Hey, we may do this in stages, um, just because that is a lot of time under anesthesia. I mean, yeah. it, it just is. Um, so Hard on the body. yes, just not helpful for the immune system. No, no. And you want to make sure not, I mean, this is, a, the, we, we talked about this before, but we want to make sure that we're monitoring these patients really closely because it is a longer procedure. Mm-hmm. So making sure we're keeping a really close eye on their blood pressure, their body temperature, you know, making sure we're not getting too deep with anesthesia, doing, making sure we use some of those nerve blocks, especially, you know, Tasha kind of talked about it in her episode, you know, doing some of those local blocks to make sure that they're not painful while we're doing these extractions. Cause we know we're going to do extractions. We already know their mouth is painful. Why not do some blocks so that they wake up and feel better instead of worse? Yeah. I think about that frequently just because I have chronic pain. I'm like, I wonder if I would know Like, I wonder, I would have to realize, right? Like if I woke up not in pain, but I'm so used to the pain that I already have on a daily basis that like, Hmm. I have my days where I'm like, yeah, this is a good day. But like, I don't know, like, I don't know if I would ever consider myself not painful. I, it's just less noticeable. Man, chronic pain's a bitch. Being 30 is a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. I never had issues till I turned 30. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Can you believe when we first started this, I was, I just turned 30. Oh yeah. Cause I got my VTS technically when I was 29. 
And I was like, man, 29 was a good year. Like, 28, 29, <laughs> it really was a good year. Yeah. So getting off topic here, but I'm just going back to the chronic pain. Like, I wonder if they, like, I, for, for cats, I wonder if it would be like just a magical experience where they're like, holy crap, I feel so good. Right. Especially those cats that it's like, I'm hungry, but I'm so painful that I don't want to eat, you know? And then like all of a sudden to not be painful, they're probably like, I'm just going to eat my face off. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, I wonder if it, I just wonder like if I could manage my pain, mind you, I don't really do anything to manage my pain, but like, if I would have that magical moment of my, like my goodness, like this is what it feels like to be 28 again. (laughs) Like this is right. Speaking of magical, because that made me, that made me remember, you know, part of pain control, I wonder if these guys could benefit from the miracle mouthwash stuff. Oh yeah. Because especially if you've got the esophagitis with it as well. Why not? Like, why wouldn't it be helpful? Yeah. Interesting. Like if we use it for severe periodontal disease, I don't see why we, like, I know that I know it's a, an immune process versus like an inflammatory process, but like they can go hand in hand and like, I don't. Oh yeah. There's so much inflammation in these mouths. Ooh. Like it would have to help. I like, I don't think it would be magical. Like it would be for some of our just periodontal disease, but I think. It I bet be- you it is though, because, um, doesn't it also have topical. Yeah. Like, isn't lidocaine in it as well? Yeah. I'm going to have to look for the recipe because we've talked about it a couple No, times. it definitely has lidocaine in it. Yeah. So I would imagine that it's probably also feels good. So yeah. It'd be interesting. Yeah. Huh. Could I get some for my joints? <laughs> Just like pour it on me. <laughs> a little, a little sucralfate and uh, lidocaine. Sounds yeah. great. Yeah. Sounds like it would totally work. <laughs> totally work. We'll put some Windex in it too, for your joints. So you can just yeah. spray it on. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Don't use Windex people. It's just it was a joke. Wow. It was a joke. Please do not spray Windex in your cat's <laughs> mouth at all or on your cat or on your dog. No Windex. Or on your person. Or on your person. <laughs> Windex it's from is a movie. Windex. It's from a movie. It's not real. <laughs> Ding. That was my little asterisk and like the little tiny writing that says, don't do this. <laughs> You know, when the world like, didn't have to do that before <laughs> yeah <laughs> just like yeah common sense <laughs> yeah 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 windex yeah <laughs> oh, my um, <sighs> medical treatments <sighs> i feel like the medical treatment is like this very much like internal medicine stuff yeah it's our typical corticosteroids um immune suppressives like cyclosporin uh, which cyclosporin, I guess, was sh- shown to significantly improve clinical signs, which I, I do believe cyclosporin is an amazing drug. Like it really yeah. is. It sucks that it's so expensive. Yeah. But there was a study that showed compared to placebo cats, 78% improvement in the cats that didn't receive the placebo, but received cyclosporin versus 14% of the cats showed improvement with That's the placebo. That's a huge difference. Such yeah. a big difference. It is a huge difference. Like I, I really think cyclosporin is one of those magical drugs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just for how many things it can, it just, it's, it's like it's that. It's for the immune system. That's <laughs> what it's for. Use yeah. it for immune response stuff. Yeah. Yeah. 
and the cool thing is, is like for these guys like it, you know if you've got a cat that maybe anesthesia just really is not appropriate for them or you know maybe the clients just really can't afford full mouth extractions mm-hmm. um you know cyclosporin can be one of those things that can help um especially long term it showed that um almost like half of the cats that were on on cyclosporin for three or more months were clinically cured that's just that's freaking crazy. amazing I wonder if though that also has to do with like the timing of diagnosis. Yeah. Like how bad it is. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's only like cyclosporin is great, but like, I imagine that if the whole immune system's like just (laughs) jacked. Yeah. Like in panic mode. Right. I I picture. So there's a new documentary on Netflix. So it's about three mile Island and like, there's like I haven't a, seen it yet. I'm scared. <laughs> it's. I'm surprised it's as many episodes. Like it, I, it feels drawn out. <laughs> like it's just. Oh, okay. uh, right. But there is a scene where like they're all in the control room and all these buttons are going haywire. That's how I imagine the immune system when it just gets too close. <laughs> because the reactor got too hot, then all the buttons were like, and we're out. <laughs> like we're done. And we're up. Bye. <laughs> Everything's crazy. Homeostasis is gone. (laughs) Yeah, but while the temperature was rising, the the control room was like, "Eh, like we know it's a problem, but like we think we can still manage it. And then like it wasn't managing it. You know, that's how I feel. Cyclosporin in the immune system is. It's like (laughs) have it under control. (laughs) Like, but once it reaches a certain point, it's like nope. All the all the alarms go off. Right. Oh my god, so true. Anyway, I do um, remember the, it. it's one of those things where I remember learning in like middle school, but like, I was like, I've mm, forgotten about it. Yeah. I can't, yeah, I don't remember when I learned about it, but I learned minimal stuff about it. So well, you remember how I have like, you know, that wonderful disease called uh, obsessive compulsive disorder. So like naturally I watched this show and then I start nice. researching it and then I started researching Chernobyl and like, I was like, oh. so now I'm like, cause I was like, when did the dates of these things happen? And like, was it back to back? Yeah. And it was just it was the whole thing. Yeah, it's the thing. <laughs> Matt had to be like, "It's time for bed." <laughs> like, oh, turn it off and go. <laughs> I'm like, okay, nice. Anyway, another another thing that they did is recombinant feline interferon omega injections, which. Well, yeah, I was like, huh? <laughs> I, I know nothing of this. I've never even heard of it. <laughs> I, well, and I was trying to think of it because they use it in parvovirus, which is crazy. Um, FELV and FIV infections. I think I've heard um, of it with FIV injections, but I, isn't it newer? Like, I, it, it def- oh yes, it's a hundred percent newer thing. And they've done some studies, but they, but it, it, you know, it's still super, super new, but cats with uh, stomatitis, they showed 45% improvement and a 10% remission rate. So it's effective. And I think it probably is one of those things, like if, if they have FELV or FIV, um, because it, it goes, you know, if that's one of the reasons why they have stomatitis, I can see it helping, but yeah, that makes sense. But I mean, I, I, I've never used it. So nope, I have no idea. (laughs) I don't have any experience with it. Yeah. 
they also found stem cell therapy um, for some of these cats was like 50 to 70% effective. Whereas, and then like a third of these cats, there was no response to it. So, you know, again, it's that conversation with the clients that says we're not a hundred percent sure which one will work, but you know, it's up to you. We could try this. We could try this, Mm -hmm. see what happens. Um, and then the other thing is, is antibiotics, um, especially once you've done the extraction. So post extractions, you can use the, the bacteria Yeah. or use the bacteria, use the antibacterials. (laughs) But the thing is, is like, so you, if you do the partial extractions or full mouth extractions, they do recommend also using some of these medical treatments post-op just to help you know, calm things down. And it's like any other autoimmune disease where it's like, we hit it really hard and then we back off and see, you you know, like you have to hit it hard and protect it at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I just thought it was, it was really interesting. There's, there's some thought to, um, of some vitamins, fatty acids. Oh, I believe um, that. I'm a big and all that stuff. Omega three fatty acids and like all that stuff. Like I, yeah, especially if they haven't been eating for a while. You know, yeah. you're gonna have to treat. You're gonna have to do all that treatment. But yeah, so yeah, it was I think this is a big client communication one too because it's like here are some options. There's you a know, lot of I, options for it. I think that's yeah, a big and thing. I think clients freak out with extractions. Oh, for sure. Because like you get that communication though, too, where you have to explain to pet parents that like, just because they don't have teeth doesn't mean that they can't eat hard. Like I've seen cats prefer to eat hard food when they have no teeth. Right. You're (laughs) like, you're not chewing. You're just swallowing. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Which is, you know, it's fine. So I think they think that they'll have an inability to eat as well without teeth, but like they, some yeah, they might not be able to kill way that way better, but like, <laughs> I'll gum you to death. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. And, and I think, and I think the problem is, is like, you just have to find the balance for these cats of what's going to work for them. Yeah. You know, is it partial extractions? Is it full mouth extractions? Is it medical therapy on top of it? And just like any of our immune system stuff, it's trial by error, trial mm-hmm. by fire, trial by, yeah, I don't know. Good one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I would say tip of the week is pain meds. I was going to say that. Yeah, because brain, brain I, I think, today. <laughs> well, and I think we forget that these cats can be really painful. So I would say definitely pain meds use the Glasgow scale. Um, I'll try to, I'll try to find the link for the Glasgow, um, app. Um, just because quality of life, mm-hmm. that's, that's, what, that's what we're doing. So, yeah, I would say question of the week this week is going to be in my opinion for, have you utilized the injection therapy for FELV, FIV or stomatitis and how, how has it helped? Cause I, I don't have experience with it. Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, let us know. Otherwise I think that was a good episode. I learned a lot. You learned a lot and good discussion. Yeah. yeah. 
I, I, and I think it, I mean, again, I think the last time I really dealt with stomatitis animal was over 10 years ago. Um, yeah, I and it was just like in internal medicine, just because of it being an immune issue, but, and we started cyclosporin and never saw them again. Right. It's like, bye. Yeah. So interesting. I'm sorry. I was just looking at this VIN thing. It says a recent randomized double blind control study with oral administration of diluted dose of feline recombinant inferon omega and daily administration of cyclosporin had significant effects on the refractory cases of chronic caudal stomatitis. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah. It's interesting. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for sticking with us this week. We will be back at you next week. Yep. Have a wonderful week. Hopefully next week I won't be so allergy, like stuffy (laughs) and I might sound normal. I'm not guaranteeing it because it seems like it's, you need some steam therapy, but no, I think allergies are just ramping up. So and it's been so windy here that I'm just like, stop with the wind. Yeah. (laughs) All the pollen's just like exploding. It's horrible. (laughs) We're coming into thunderstorm season over here. So, you know, we actually had thunderstorm looking clouds yesterday and like a little bit of rain, like (laughs) for two seconds. (laughs) And then it was like gone. And it's blue skies. We're supposed to have a good storm come through tonight and tomorrow. So, no. Stay safe, Jordan. Stay safe. I just hope it doesn't blow any of my chickens away. Is that a thing? No. (laughs) Okay. I was like, oh, God. (laughs) No, my my chickens are protected in their coops. Oh. When (laughs) the storm hits at night. Uh, during the day, they don't seem to care. I'll go and like lock them up in the coop, like before a storm. And like, they refuse to go into the coop before the storm, but then I'll come out and check on them after the storm. And they're all like soaking wet. And I'm like, where were you guys? <laughs> like, <laughs> go into your coops. <laughs> they don't care. They're like, nope. <laughs> yeah. so. Oh my gosh. So funny. All right, guys, we will talk at you guys next week and keep getting your learn on and have a good yeah. week. Yeah. Bye. Bye. At night. Uh, during the day they don't seem to care I'll go and like lock them up in the coop like before a storm and like they refuse to go into the coop before the storm but then I'll come out and check on them after the storm and they're all like soaking wet and I'm like where were you guys <laughs> like <laughs> go into your coops <laughs> they don't care they're like nope <laughs> oh my gosh, so alright guys we will talk at you guys next week and keep getting your learn on and have a good week yeah. bye bye Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. If you like what you heard, we'd love for you to share with someone you think might enjoy the podcast and make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Want to give us a boost? Please leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher and we'll be sure to say thank you. Find out everything about us at internalmedicineforvettechs.com. Talk to you next week. Bye.